This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Castrovins, and this is our latest look at the Cleveland Indians. Jordan Bastian is back. You left me hanging last week, JB. I had to go solo. Uh, I had to talk to myself for 10 to 15 minutes, which is not unusual, by the way. It's just that this time it was actually recorded. So uh, I had to pull Terry Pluto there. But um, So we're going to play a little freak-out factor today, JB, because there's been some uh, developments in Indians camp in recent days uh, that we got to go through, and I know fans are, are freaking out about some of them. But first, let's start with some good news which is uh, Michael Brantley getting in on some minor league action. Uh, actually, we're recording this just ahead of his first minor league game, but uh, obviously that's a positive sign. Yeah, it's a, it is a positive sign, as has every step along the way. And I think, as we've mentioned multiple times, even on the podcast here, you still have that little bit of reservation about it because we went through all these positive steps last spring as well um, and him bouncing back well and then getting into Cactus League games. Um, hitting a home run and, you know, our uh, freak out factor of like, is he going to be ready was, a, was an 11 on a scale of 10 because he hit a homer and threw a guy out at the plate. And we thought, oh man, Michael Brantley's back. And then he played 11 games last year. So, you know, <laughs> so you still have reservations. But I think from talking to people, uh, from talking to his teammates, from the hitting coaches, even Tito, people around him here, they said what they've seen behind the scenes, not just watching his swing or talking to the medical staff about how he's bouncing back, but just the way he's carrying himself this spring, the way he's busting his teammates' chops when he's standing at the plate, the way he's, as Francona worded it the other day, acting froggy in the dugout. Um, uh, That's a a little baseball jargon for you. They said he's acting more like himself, and that's something they didn't feel like they saw as much last spring. So that, if you want to read into that, you know, the body language factor or the personality factor – they feel like this spring it's more the Michael Brantley that they were used to when he was himself, when he wasn't hurt. Um, so, yeah, I think those have been sort of some behind-the-scenes positives here, you know, not just what we see within his swing, which, I mean, it looks like Michael Brantley. So uh, we'll see how these minor league games go, how he bounces back. Then obviously the next natural progression would be to Cactus League games and, you know, go from there. It's been a, been a good development so far for the Indians. Well, that's good. Uh, they could use some good developments because, as we alluded to, there, there's been some, uh, I don't know if troubling is too strong, but, but certainly uncomfortable uh, developments in recent days. So let's do a little freakout factor. Uh, the freakout factor is trademarked. You may not use the term freakout factor without the express written consent of the podcastro. Got to get that little legal jargon in there. But uh, give me, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much, let's start with the most recent one, Carlos Carrasco's elbow swelling. He got lit up the other day and then got his elbow checked out, and then sirens go off anytime you see something like that. Uh, it came back, no structural damage, but he does have some swelling, and they are working through uh, Carrasco's schedule. He might be skipped his next start. Give me the freakout factor on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being total, absolute panic, 
One being, eh, no big deal. Uh, what is the freakout factor for Carlos Carrasco? I'm going to go five because he really downplayed it after that start where he gave up three homers. This, he wasn't standing there in front of us saying, I don't know what happened. He said, you know, he pointed to using his fastball and everything like that. But then, a, you know, when Terry Francona did not shrug it off like Carrasco, that kind of got your attention a little bit. And then a day mm-hmm. later when they're saying he's going to be checked out and then we hear the word elbow and swelling, well, then you're okay. That's got our attention a little bit. But also when you start to forecast uh, looking to April, they don't technically need that fifth starter until April 15th. So they have a little bit of wiggle room if they need to push him back a little bit. And if he's not totally stretched out or even if it's a 10-day DL situation, you know, it's still uh, lined up where this could not be, this may not be a devastating blow, but obviously you, you worry anytime you hear the word elbow, but they said the MRI showed nothing structurally different than uh, at any point earlier this spring. Um, so, you know, again, I think because it's elbow, because it's a pitcher, because it's a guy who missed time with injury, who's trying to kind of ramp back up aggressively. Yeah. Okay. You're kind of in the middle there freaking out, but I'm not, I'm not slamming the panic button yet on this one. Yeah, and you know his injuries last year were not, you know, pitching arm related. They were the, the broken Correct. hand on the comebacker and, and the, uh, the the leg issue. So, gosh, I mean, hope he's not due for for some Correct. kind of elbow issue. But um, yeah, certainly a guy who's, who's had a lot of uh, trouble in the last calendar year, and, and you wish the best for Carlos Carrasco. Jason Kipnis will not be ready, or likely won't be ready for opening day because of his ongoing shoulder issues that have uh, kept. You know, pretty much kept him out of Cactus League play, certainly kept him away from second base. Uh, he'll get his rotator cuff looked at, a second opinion, I believe, later this week, if I'm not mistaken. What is the freakout factor with Jason Kibbett? I'm, I'm on the low side on this one. I know fans are at like a 8, 9, or 10, given the that it's a shoulder and it's, you know, we're still dealing with two years now of a Michael Brantley shoulder comeback. So I think the the recency bias of the Brantley situation has fans freaking out about the Kipnis situation. Um, but he's had shoulder issues in the past. Yeah. So I, you know, man, I'm going to, I'm going to go four because he's dealt with this issue in the past. He doesn't seem alarmed that it's going to cost him much time. He told us the other day, if this were June, July or August, he would just play through it. Um, but he's trying to keep the big picture in mind and the team's keeping the big picture in mind of, they don't just want to play through September. They want to play through October and, you know, they don't just want to slap a Band-Aid on it. They want to get him where he feels, you know, really good uh, whenever he comes back, whether it's mid-April or whatever. But I feel like missing opening day seems more along the lines of they need to make sure he gets the appropriate number of at-bats before the season um, as opposed to, you know, a, a long comeback from a, from a serious injury or something. It doesn't sound serious. He's going to get a second opinion just because uh, Dr. Keith Meister is going to be in camp talking to Cody Anderson. They figure, well, they got the arm guy in camp. They're going to have him look over um, Kipnis' MRIs and kind of develop a, a rehab program for him. So I'm not totally freaked out about this one yet. Um, I know I understand why fans sort of are, are really worried um, given the, the Brantley situation. That's also a shoulder. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I think if, if it's, uh, we're getting towards the end of April and Kipnis is still not back, that's when I think you start uh, pushing the panic scale. And just to add to the fun and games here, uh, when, when it's announced that Kipnis probably won't be ready for opening day, fans start salivating about Yandy Diaz maybe at third base, Jose Ramirez at second base, and then Yandy Diaz strains his groin and uh, is right. held up uh, momentarily. So 
the, the wheel is always in spin. But, yeah, give me a quick uh, – what, what is your expectation uh, opening day second base? Yeah, you know, they've downplayed the idea of moving Ramirez over to second, right. which would obviously be, the, like, the most logical and maybe the easiest move. Um, but that would push something like, someone like Giovanni Urshela uh, up the depth chart, possibly to third base, because um, Yandy Diaz, I'm not sure they're as comfortable defensively at third base yet. So if you're going to keep Ramirez, the options would be Eric Gonzalez, um, who has always been a highly touted prospect but sort of blocked by Lindor. So he's been bouncing around and learning other positions. And then you have your, your non-roster guys, Michael Martinez and Ronnie Rodriguez. Ronnie Rodriguez I still think is too much of a work in progress. I think they really like him as a future utility guy, but I, I think they would prefer to have him continue to hone that skill. Um, where he's super trustworthy at every defensive position. Um, So I would likely think he's going to AAA. And then Michael Martinez, you know, that's, you know, Tito loves having that guy on the bench, but I don't think he necessarily wants to overexpose him as a starting player, um, especially if it sounds like Kipnis could miss a significant amount of time. So I would give the edge to Eric Gonzalez right now, who they feel is, Tito has said, quote, gold glove caliber, no matter where you put him. And, uh, a prospect that hitting wise, you know, they've liked as he's come up through the system. All right, one last one uh, for the freak out factor, Andrew Miller. Now, look, by the time people listen to this, Andrew Miller might have uh, wiped out the side uh, in, in Team USA's, you know, <laughs> latest game in WBC. He might look tremendous, but um, but we all saw uh, against the Dominican Republic last Saturday a, a huge high profile game and. And U.S. is is trying to prove itself on that particular stage, and the Dominican is the you know the the world beating team, uh, and and there was a great opportunity to nail it down. They had Andrew Miller on the mound, just like you draw it up, and lo and behold, he coughs up two home runs. And you combine that with uh, the home runs he gave up in his last two World Series appearances, one of whom was to a, a geriatric David Ross, and you know <laughs> can be construed as the difference in Game Seven if you if you want to get technical, but. Um, what do you make of Andrew Miller's uh, sudden home run troubles in uh, quote unquote meaningful games? If we construe uh, the World Baseball Classic as meaningful, freak out well, factor. I, I mean, the freak out factor. Yeah, I think I think people are going to find out. Like, it takes a lot to freak me out. Uh, I am not freaked <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess for fans' sake, because they're at like a fourteen. Um, I'll, I guess I'll go six. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think wow. The reason, the reason, that, reason, that strikes the reason, me as high. Well, now you know, but my default. I feel like a four, but I feel like I should bring it up just because the fans are freaking out so much about it. And I don't want to be super low on all these, so I'm just trying to play a game here. Uh, but I would say that strictly based on we saw what happened when Vinny Pistano uh, went to the World Baseball Classic, and sure. he tried to ramp it up and get competitive uh, really early, and he ended up hurting his elbow. And you know, I, not to say that, that was the catalyst for his career spiraling out of control and ending his career, but you know, he was never the same, and you can kind of point to he was never the same after he pitched in the World Baseball Classic. You know, I haven't talked to Vinny. I don't know if he would point solely to that, but you can certainly make an argument for it. Um, he, he hurt his elbow before that 13th season, you know, wasn't the same. A guy who looked like he was a Cody Allen type in the making ends up bouncing between AAA, getting traded, getting released, um, and now he's out of baseball. So, you know, I think that situation has been referenced a couple times by Frank Kona this spring um, when talking about the World Baseball Classic and the concerns and worries that a, uh, a team has when their players go. You know, Frank Kona has said, yeah, you worry. Your, your heart's in your throat a little bit. Look what happened to Vinny Pisano. You know, and then you see Andrew Miller take the mound and have that outing. Now, the, what I wrote the other day on my blog is 
you know, a lot of fans don't realize uh, on that same day, Miller, Allen, and Shaw combined to allow eight runs in two and two-thirds innings, but no one was freaking out about Cody Allen's outing or Brian Shaw's outing. They were just freaking out about the one they saw on national television against one of the greatest lineups we've ever seen in a packed, crazy stadium. You know, there's 3,000 people here in Goodyear. No one felt like they needed to go, you know, grill Cody Allen about walking in a run and hitting a batter. You know, so I think, you know, that's sort of the the contrast you have right now where, you know, people don't freak out about spring training meltdowns because they're quote-unquote working on stuff, but they do freak out about, a pitcher who is trying to be in a competitive environment, maybe before he's ready for it. So I'm not totally freaked out, but I understand why there would be a level of concern. And I think it'll be interesting to monitor how Miller's remaining WBC outings and his remaining Cactus League outings go. And, you know, when we start getting more of a gauge on velocity and, and then things like that. And, you know, and then April, we'll see how April goes and, then you can kind of maybe look back and say, was there a reason that we should have been worried? But right now, I think you got to curb it a little bit. Well, that's a, a very measured and rational response, and, and that, that's no fun for the freak That's factor. no do, fun for Twitter. I do appreciate you uh, uh, elevating the number just a little bit for, for our just, fans, yeah. for our listeners. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, Andrew Miller threw 95 innings last season, and uh, you know we know he's not going to be used as aggressively you know in the first half as he was in the second half of last year, but – uh, even with more conventional usage, uh, you just wonder if there's any uh, lag effect from, from that uh, that amount of workload. We shall see. Uh, but uh, hope you've had fun uh, with a little freak-out factor here. Hopefully there will be less to freak out about uh, when we speak next week. I want to thank Jordan Basham for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. It's an MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.